Welcome to Everyday Driver, where cars are more than just transportation. They're freedom, a common ground, a way to grow, and can even make life better. We're here to help everyone find a car they love and discover all the ways they connect us. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is The Car Debate. Happy Friday. Welcome back to the podcast. I don't know if you noticed the recent news all over the place, by the way, that Ford has apparently been looking over Rivian's shoulder. <laughs> they have. You know, we were talking about pickup trucks going electric. This is probably two years ago, I oh, think, yeah. in the podcast. We've been talking about it for a while, yeah. And we've said, hey, why it's isn't coming. anybody actually doing electric pickup trucks? Well, mm-hmm. now there's a plethora mm-hmm. of electric pickup trucks available. The order site is open, and Ford is t- teaming up with a battery supplier to manufacture batteries in the U.S. with SK Innovation. So they are here. The, the F-150, F-150 is here. Lightning. So the Lightning used to mean super fast F-150. Now it means, it actually makes sense, all electric F-150. You can apparently totally. power your house off of it, which they are using because some people did that with some of the early uh, recent models of the F-150, not the all-electric Right, ones, right. When the recent uh, power outages happened in Texas. So now Ford's just leaning into that and going, you can power your house when stuff goes down. It's now a selling point. You have to get power to the truck first. It also is using the same really cool screen and interface, it makes sense, from the Mach-E mm-hmm. is in yep. the Lightning. So it's coming. Ford is going to be out there. With, they're, they're kind of beating everybody. I mean, it's not nobody has them yet. But they're going to right. be right there as right. competitive as everybody with the first ones of these coming out. I mean, Rivian seemed like they were way out front, but Ford has now done a throwdown. So Ford is going to have an electric pickup range affected by what you're towing, but there it is. Sure. Well, the, the order books are open. Let's put it that yes. way. That's, yes. That's as far as we've gone. Mm-hmm. Hey, good news, everybody. The Northwest Saab meetup is oh, and good. tech session is Saturday, May 22, 2021. So if you're current on your podcasts, that is being held at our sponsor, Griot's Garage Tacoma headquarters. And my brother-in-law, Daniel, is going with is aptly really? named Turby. Oh, He's named no. his 1988 Saab 900 Turbo. Turby. Well, we're making bad sob. sob jokes. He can go tell his sob story. He can yes. to everybody. Everybody mm-hmm. will be telling everybody else everybody their sob Everybody will be there stories. sharing sob stories, yes. And he's going to be fully kitted with everyday driver gear and good. hats. I've given That's him all good that news. stuff. That's so good news. I think my nephew's going to. That's so. better than him wearing all sob gear because yeah. everybody else there will be wearing sob gear. Sob so head let's to toe. Some, some identification Indeed. of us for there for sure. I'm glad that, that Griot's is doing meetups like that again. I'm glad that they can. I think it's hysterical that the sob event is happening there. But all right, good news. Well, as a matter of fact, they're catering to a lot of different ownership groups. Yes, they are, yeah, the sure. events actually you can find their events calendar on their website mm-hmm. and they're they're scheduled through 2022 at this That's point really cool. and they're doing all these various events and so huge thanks to our partnership with Grios thanks to them for their ongoing support and partnership and by the way you can use the code eDriver with Grios when you mm-hmm. order online say 15% and 10% off uh, everything else so 15% off liquids and 10% off everything else huge thanks to those guys so go see some sob. See Turby the Sob. See, if you do see Turby the Sob and you meet Daniel, <laughs> Paul's brother-in-law, you're going to connect all the dots from this podcast. You're be like, I've heard all about you. And he's going to look at you strangely because I don't think he realizes that people have heard this story. But that exactly. could be very, I, 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 part of me wants to hear that back. I want to hear it back through the chain. Oh my brother-in-law gosh. calls you and goes, ah, excuse me, but I got accosted exactly. at the Sob Story event. I yeah, got attacked. Guys, we've got a great couple of debates here. First from Chase and Allison. They are in Indianapolis, Indiana. The Minister of Finance apparently wants something cool. <laughs> Chase, it. how about a t-shirt to start with? I mean, you've got to... Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Yep. got to get one of those. We've got Haas in Atlanta, Georgia. He says, first Iranian on your podcast, and we're very appreciative of that, Haas. Thank you. 
Also, his life and kids and expenses are getting in the way of him having something fun. He's had an mm. extensive mm. list of very cool cars. Yeah, he has, for sure. So we'll, uh, we'll cover that in just a little bit. DriveShare is the coolest online car sharing platform around. It's simple. By connecting car owners with renters, DriveShare unlocks the joy of driving. That way, renters can find cars that bring out the awesome at every moment, and owners can earn extra cash to fund their passion. That's why I posted my car. To sign up, cruise over to driveshare.com or download their app for iOS or Android. That's driveshare.com. So Chase and Allison are writing in. Chase is actually writing, and he'd written in before, and his, his car debate didn't make the podcast, but he's writing in now because everything has changed. Exactly. Allison has decided, hi, Allison, by the way. Allison has decided, we're glad you're both listening because she wants something cool. In fact, this goes so far, I thought she wants something cool means she wants to replace her old thing and we're going to get a new shiny SUV and that's mm-hmm. where I expected mm-hmm. this was going to go because that's where a lot of these conversations with the non-car-loving spouse goes. The twist here is um, she wants to get rid of her Toyota Corolla, which, by the way, he hates and she wants to get something that people will pay attention to at a Cars and Coffee. I did not see that twist coming. Yeah, no kidding. Well, Chase has a 2004 Pontiac GTO manual blue on blue, which he loves. That's cool. He's got a 2020 Jeep Wrangler Eco Diesel, also blue, which they love. They take off-roading every few months. Okay. And the aforementioned 2017 Corolla. But they had a... well. They, they fell into the Corolla right out of college. Mm-hmm. They got Allison a 2005-ish Subaru Forester with the turbo. Within a month, the motor blew due to the oil oh. pump deciding an early retirement at 75,000 miles. Oh, my gosh. And they had a loan on it. So their best option was to roll the debt into something else they knew would run. Mm-hmm. He says the biggest problem with the Corolla is that it's not comfortable in the slightest and actually hurts him to be in for more than 30 minutes. <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> Doesn't look good, not comfortable, and hurts you. If nothing else, it's just bad. Let's, let's just let's keep just, that yeah, car, right? That car needs to be catapulted somewhere else. <laughs> well, Chase says he's a big guy at six foot, 275 pounds, and the seats in the Corolla just aren't made for big people. Mm-hmm. He also really can't stand the CVT. Yeah, we can't either. Recently, Allison came up to him and said she wants a cool car so people will stop asking them when they're going to have kids. I think that's also interesting. Now, they're in their mid-20s. The cool car means, oh, you're not ready yet. <laughs> exactly. If you buy, like, boring cars, you must be looking to have kids. Exactly. I, I don't, Are you guys I don't, trying? Allison, I don't know if that works, but I love that you think that works. So that, that I'd love to see if that's the case. She clarified and said she wants to start driving her own car to the shows and wants people to think it's cool. Okay. They've talked about it, and what she's really looking for is something that's very comfortable, something other people will think is cool, automatic only, and four doors. All right, all right. I like that you're shopping... With some style in mind, Allison. See, it's an extension. It's personality extension there. Now, she would prefer all-wheel drive for the winter. Rear-wheel drive isn't the deal breaker. But she wants this to be something that could be perfectly comfortable driving across country in as well as daily driving. Okay. Now, she prefers the four-door because they drive places with one or two friends at least once a week. When Allison's by herself, she prefers to use the backseat as a trunk instead of the trunk itself. Okay. That's a thing. It's a thing. I get it. I know it's not a thing for you. That's not a thing thing for me. Chase has shown her a picture of all sorts of things so far, and so far her favorites are the Alfa Giulia, Mercedes-Benz in general, and Audis in general. She kind of likes the Genesis G70 and the Kia Stinger. Good. Excellent choices. Yeah, agreed. They, the issue is they're not sure these provide the attention at the cars and coffee that she's looking for. So she's tried to steer her towards the Chevy SS. Mm. 
but she thinks the styling is just okay. She does like the features, <laughs> like we talk about, the magnetic ride, heat and ventilated seats. By the way, Allison, everyone thinks the styling of the Chevy SS is just okay. Is that a you Chevy are... m- m- SS? Yes, exactly. The thing is, it's one of those cars where it, you just you, you get the wink because you know. Nobody knows what that is. <laughs> you're on the inside. It's like, oh, you have a Chevy SS. Everyone <laughs> thinks the styling is just okay. So you're completely right down the middle on that. I love that. Keep going. She says the budget is around $40,000. They know that I will stretch that. Yes, you will. The Corolla price probably cannot be factored into the budget because his sister will soon be going to college and they're going to work out something for his sister to drive it. So Got that's it. Sure. staying. Sure, sure, yeah. The car that they don't like looking at but they're is not uncomfortable gonna, and hurts. But they're not going to keep it. They're going to they're gonna will it to someone else. You exactly. know, you, you can survive this car. We are officially done. Yes. Now, Chase's grandmother has an old XJ Jeep, Jeep Cherokee he could buy for a second four-wheel drive vehicle in the winter, just in case this particular new car is rear-wheel drive. Tires. Fine. Yes, what, for what, sure. What tires. Happened? What was said? Tires are always mm, the key. Just t- tires. Seriously. Ah, you're in Indianapolis. A tire strategy. Really, it's it's now like a tire strategy for wherever you live because it, yes. it's different for everybody. And when totally, we say tires, totally. we mean for your seasons. Yep. And a tire strategy can mean you live in San Diego and you go to the track. <laughs> your tire strategy is I have track tires and I have <laughs> exactly. summer tires and scene. But the tire strategy for people in North Carolina is very different than somebody for Montana and Utah. But just yeah. to get you thinking about it is the first step and just to investigate and really discover for yourself. Indianapolis, Indiana is not upstate New York. Okay. Indeed. So I think you get a nice rear wheel drive sedan with good full winter tires and Mm -hmm. have a nice day. Yeah. But anyway, well, it changes the kinds of cars you can buy. For sure. Moving on. For Chase's second job, he plows snow, so he has to get where he's going in the event of a bad storm. Otherwise, they work from home, so there's not really any commute. Hence, I I think you're going to put a blade on that Jeep Cherokee, maybe? We'll see. Possibly. I mean, he he also has the Wrangler Eco Diesel, so there's stuff to get places if we're talking about actual... By the way, do you have winter tires on those, Mm -hmm. or are you just relying on the four-wheel drive? I'm asking the, the, the tough questions now here, man. Of note, Chase says, his wife gets car sick with someone driving aggressively, so driving dynamics are not... Super important. Interesting. Okay. He says, to sum up, $40,000 budget, automatic, comfortable for big people, four-door midsize or full-size sedan, mm-hmm. mainly something that other that people at car shows will think is cool. Okay. It's, it's subjective here. All-wheel drive preferred. Allison loves German and Italian cars. Oh, she does not like the Cadillac CTS-V. That's out. Yeah. She says the Cadillac makes her think of old person's cars. That is their struggle. Despite Cadillac's best efforts for, I don't know, the last couple of decades trying true. to change that image. Absolutely true. High. Yep. Yep. And they kind of have. for In, in some degree, yes. But it's the rotating door that is the Cadillac exec, executive leadership. That hasn't, that hasn't helped. You're right. They forgot to mention at the end of the email, they get an employee discount on Stellantis vehicles. You're going to space for cheap. Stellantis. <laughs> there's where we are. I, You're going to get the, the, the standard jumpsuit, the Stellantian jumpsuit. It's going to be great. I, they've got to make cool t-shirts out of something. Something. Cool is a relative term. Yeah, cool is entirely relative there for sure. Wow. Well, I love that you're, Allison, considering the Stinger and the Genesis G70 for mm-hmm. sure with your $40,000 budget. You don't have to spend that much for a Kia Stinger GT1 or GT2, mm, rear mm. or all-wheel drive. True, true, true. And they're awesome. Mm-hmm. We recommend them all the time, as you know. And I like the Genesis G70, but have you looked at the 2022 Genesis G70? Mm-hmm. Starts at $37,525, mm-hmm. according to the website. 
I like it even better. It's got an E-class vibe to it. Sure, yeah. My yeah, eye is yeah, telling me it does, yeah. Mercedes influence for what mm-hmm. current Mercedes Benzes mm-hmm. are doing. I'm seeing that with their own Genesis take, the, the double line that is the Genesis mm-hmm. signature move now. On their lights, yeah. And mm-hmm. their very mm, their strong shoulder line mm-hmm. all the way down the car. This thing looks even better than the first gen. And G70. the first gen looked great. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, yeah. The problem with that car is the back seats. Mm-hmm. You said you take friends. Mm-hmm. And although we love the front seats and we fit fine, when we're comfortable and you get out and you get in behind yourself and ride yeah, behind yeah. yourself, I, I don't know that that's changed for the 2022 version. The G70 struggles yeah. there. The The Kia Stinger is better because it's a little bit stretched comparative to the G70. It's the same chassis. It actually has decent back seat space. The G70 is on the smaller size. Watch our blue cars piece. It's on YouTube. And you'll see us discuss it and actually climb in them back to back. That is the place the G70 struggles. You're right. Now, you might hear us say Dodge Charger all day long because you get that employee discount on Stellantis mm-hmm. vehicles. Yeah. Dodge just, Stellantis just doesn't go with anything. That word just doesn't go <laughs> with anything. It doesn't roll off the tongue. It, it doesn't. doesn't look right when you spell it out. You think you've misspelled a word. You absolutely think you've misspelled it. it. You're right. it doesn't go with anything in a sentence. Except for space jokes. I, 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 will, I will just do space jokes on that forever. <laughs> it's just, we're all going to space That's, thanks to Stellantis. I guess so. I'm telling you. The it's, only it's way like it works is if Stel- we make fun of it. Stellantis is like the conglomerate that runs all the spaceships. You know, like mm. in a Star Trek, it's not Starfleet, it's Stellantis. Uh, okay. You know, it, that, that's that's kind of what we're with. Familiar. You're, you're almost with me. I'm I know trying. You're, that's what they are, yeah. I've got the Mercedes E-Class on here just because it's got to be mentioned. We love anything new from Mercedes. But have you looked at the BMW 430i? That was the competition when we drove the Kia Stinger mm, for the very mm, first time. Yeah. I'm not talking about the current Generation 4 Series. Mm-hmm. Notice that on BMW USA's website, when you click on 4 Series, they only show you the side profile. <laughs> what do you think that means? What, what do you think it means? Sub- subtle things are happening mm-hmm. there. Interesting. I've got a Mazda 6 on my list over here, guys. Oh, interesting. Something to, to take note of. But I come to my wild cards. I say, throw that up. They're good ideas, but mm-hmm. the the things, the cars that I need you to look at, they do have a Porsche badge on them. Oh, wow. Okay. But it is the Panamera or the Cayenne. Mm, all right. All right. Allison likes German cars. Yes, she does. They're looking for something large for large people. And space in the backseat, genuine comfort. It sounds like you want your backseat passengers yeah. to actually like you when you arrive at your Theoretically, destination. Theoretically, yes. And they won't throw things at your head and say, Mm -hmm. could you please pull over? That Panamera, when we first rode in one, the the first generation, we were on track with four people in it wearing helmets. You're right. And everybody was comfy. You're right. Everybody was over six feet tall, too, which is crazy. It was astounding. So the Panamera definitely has the space. And that was the reason Mm -hmm. it looks like it does, because packaging around people was primary Mm. and styling took a back seat. Yes. That changed. This is why it was ugly. For the second generation. I would still drive one. I would, too, actually. That has changed, Mm -hmm. even though the back seats have... I think slightly less headroom, but they're still excellent. Yeah, yeah. But that first generation can't be ignored, especially just the base engine, mm-hmm. just that three liter V6. Yeah. Fine. But if you get anything in the V8, you're going to be very happy. I oh, see that. Yeah. Be wonderful. So anything 40 to 45,000 that attracts mm. you with the Panamera, I think you will genuinely love it and have it a long time. Mm. And the Cayenne. Yeah. Interesting. I know it's an SUV and you're more into sedans. That's why I say Panamera, but both of those have their, their valid points to them. And I think, 
for that range and for the mileage that you can find on them, they're very mm-hmm. valid. Somebody has to take a Panamera with 50 to 80,000 miles on it mm-hmm. and drive it double or triple that mileage. Sure. Somebody's going to do that and Absolutely. they're going to do it successfully. Yes, they will. Might as well be you two. Yeah, that's good. That's excellent. I like that a lot. I'm going to, I did not go there for once, okay. but I want to talk through some of your choices that I really like. I, the th- two things that are really sticking for me, guys, are you want a car, Allison, that at Cars and Coffee is interesting. Now, here's the problem. Unless you pulled up in something uh, Skittle color and has crazy Lamborghini doors, everyone at Cars and Coffee isn't going to notice. You have stuff that some people will, which is probably what's happening with your GTO. There aren't that many of them, and the people that know are intrigued by it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But then you have probably a whole other group of people at Cars and Coffee that just don't care. Right. Okay. So, so we got to, we got to meter our expectations here. I think what you want is a car that people go, Oh, cool. One of those. That's the kind of response you should, you should hope for at cars and coffee. People stopping, taking a lot of photos, all that kind of stuff. Four door sedans. We're not really in the right world for that. So I, I want mean, wheels wanna, will change things, but sure. that's an extra investment there. Sure. And, you know, but, but I just want to prepare you for the fact that pretty much any four door sedan you're going to get, you may get some knowing glances. And the best one I can think of this is that Chevy SS. If you get a Chevy SS and you park that at cars and coffee, you're going to have a consistent, not steady, but consistent group of people that are going to be like, Oh cool. A Chevy SS. Yeah. And sure. they may be done now. There may be no photos. <laughs> True. But, but the people that know that car go, Oh, those are awesome, man. I like that. Oh, that's a cool color. I, I've never seen one of those in however long. Mm-hmm. And we're, kind of done but it gets noticed true by the right people the true, people especially that know if you badge it as an opal or a Vauxhall. you could do that then the other thing that's in that same category that i think is one of the best modern four doors because it actually has space and personality and the people that know are like oh did you see that hmm. and that is the e90 generation m3 four door hmm. you don't see them very often that's the Good. one with the big screaming v8 That's a lovely V8. It's a wonderful car, front seats and back seats. Yeah, that's good. It's got a solid automatic transmission if you go that route. I forget, is that one? I think that one's a a dual clutch, actually. Yeah, it is, DCT. It's a dual clutch. It's before they were putting the ZF in everything. So it's got the dual clutch, which you can get and be just fine with. But it's got good back seats. We have our friend Mike here locally that has one that we drove for our Icon film, and he's actually squared the stance, and that thing's brilliant. It really is. It's a great suggestion. it, It. it gets ignored by people that just see C of BMWs, but you park that at a Cars and Coffee, and people are going to be like, oh, cool. Did you see that M3 over there? That but the four-door M3. The four-door. The four it's got to be the four-door. four-door is yeah. rare, and, and that's one of the things. It, it hides in traffic, but the people that know are like, that thing's cool. So E90 uh, generation BMW M3 is on my list. I have one that I think is your best answer, and then I have a wild card just okay. to go nuts. All right, go. I think your best answer is the Alpha Julia. Think you so? Can, you can get a discount on them. You don't need heavy-duty dynamics, so you could actually just get the 2-liter turbo, which is surprisingly powerful and still has really good dynamics. You don't need great dynamics, you've said. Now, the seat on that is not huge. The rear seat is not huge, but it's bigger than the G70. It is bigger than G70. It's it's competitive for the class. So it's the kind of thing I don't think I'd want to go cross-country in those back seats, and how big are your friends? But... I think that the back seat in that is absolutely usable. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. one of those where I go, well, except for the back seat. No, I think it's usable. So the Julia is there. The thing about the Julia that I've noticed is it sticks out in traffic. You just don't see very many. You see a sure. sea of Mercedes and Audis and BMWs, and you see they're just out there. Yep. Forget cars yep. and coffee. You just How many of them did you see this morning? True, okay? true. When you see an Alpha Julia, I think it's a rare thing. Even places like Los Angeles that are car crazy. Here goes a Julia through traffic. We're like, oh, look, there's a Julia. Mm -hmm. We just don't see very many at all. That's the thing that's going to help you at Cars and Coffee, and it is a 
worthwhile, usable, fun four-door with actual space. I think the Julia is your play. I think you're the perfect buyer for it. Hmm. You put some interesting wheels on it, make it yours, get it in a color, please. People are going to notice that in Cars and Coffee because it's just rare and cool. My wild card that checks every single box, people are going to notice in Cars and Coffee. It's got a lot of space. It is very fun to drive. It's all of the above. Hmm. You're going to have to get it used. Get an early Hellcat charger. I was wondering if you're going to see Hellcat. I'm going there. I mean, they don't get a discount on that because it is used. Exactly. It's because only you on can't, new cars. You can't get a new one because it's going to be above sure, your budget. But you sure. get a, a used Hellcat charger. And it's another one of those where car people are just going to be like, Hellcat. And Allison, I have a side question I mean, Hellcat for you. anything. Totally. Right? Yeah. I have a side question for you. You get sick when people drive you around and they drive aggressively. I'm going to suspect you don't get sick if you're the one driving. Sure. Most of the time yeah. when people have that issue, when they're driving, they don't have that problem. So I'm curious about that. I think you might enjoy the dynamics of all of these cars more than you think mm-hmm. if you're the one driving. But the Hellcat Charger is fun when your road is perfectly arrow straight because you just go, see this? Yeah, true. And, and oh, look, I'm at 130. <laughs> I was going 40 a minute ago. Like three seconds ago, I was going 40. It it's fun doing that. You haven't even fun. met a corner. There's no G-forces yeah. involved other than straight back in your seat like a roller coaster. So that is my wild card is get yourself a used Hellcat Charger. I'm terrified of the fact that they're down this level, but you could go yeah. there. No, that's a great idea, by the way, on that uh, M3 four-door, that E90 series. That engine is really thirsty. I just want you to know that going in. As is the Hellcat The Charger. Hellcat is. Yes. But mm, I, I don't remember the mileage, but I, I want to say they're comparable. But I remember that engine being really, really thirsty. Now, we it, drove it in such a way yes. as to really mm-hmm. plow gas through the engine. So <laughs> it we, was we did. practically being shoveled but toward still, the car. Yes. I remember that being very expensive and very thirsty. But the good thing is you guys don't have a commute. Mm-hmm. So, True. you know, there is that balance. We don't have a commute. So when we road trip, we just we, enjoy we the fact we have this car. It. Yeah. Right. You've heard us talk about drive homework because it's vital to drive a lot of things when you're trying to find your next car. Knowing your options is incredibly important. And this applies to online shopping, too. You don't want to search just one website unless that site is searching all the other ones for you. That's why we love Auto Tempest. We know you've heard us talk about it before, and we hope you've already seen how far you can shop with just one search. Auto Tempest pulls from all the top used car sites at once, so you know you won't miss that ideal car. Autotempest.com. All the cars. One search. Haas writes to us in Atlanta, Georgia. He says, life and kids and expenses got in the way, Mm. but I don't think they did based on your ownership history. (laughs) You did well for a while there, for sure, yeah. Many people have written to us with their ownership history, but Haas, to be honest, I don't know that anybody has had quite as uh, specific and curated as an ownership history as you Mm -hmm. have. Let's go through the list very quickly. 72 Plymouth Roadrunner in high school. That's cool. An 84 Porsche 944, an 86 Volkswagen Scirocco 16-valve, a 77 BMW 323i, 85 Porsche 928, 83 Porsche 911 SC, Mm. 88 Mercedes-Benz 190, the 2.3 with 16-valve, an 86 560 SEL. He's had a 95 Lotus Esprit Turbo. I saw that. That is awesome. A 98 Porsche Boxster, an 04 Porsche 996 Twin Turbo, 500 horsepower, tuned... Mm. He's had an 06 BMW 750i, an 04 M3, 06 Mini Cooper S, and most recently an 07 Infiniti G37 Coupe. I'm going to stop right there for a second. Wow. Because 
Honestly, that entire list, Haas, if you had kept all those cars, that looks like one of those curated collections that somebody decides to sell all at once. Yeah. That is a very unique group of cars. And what a, what an <laughs> the Haas collection. Right totally. There. The Haas collections being so, but like now that. offered by Sotheby's. The Haas collection. Yes. Granted, I realize you don't have all those cars, but that's a great group. You also say you tracked everything that was a Porsche and the M3 extensively at Road Atlanta. And then all of a sudden, you stopped. Yeah. Life, kids, expenses got in the way. For the last 10 years, he's owned a 2011 Hyundai Sonata and then a 2017 Kia Optima Hybrid. His okay. wife has a 2016 Infiniti QX60 Hybrid. But as of right now, things are changing. Mm-hmm. He's coming into some inheritance money. His minister of finance will take it all. <laughs> she's going, Wait, I, let's just let's curate that where this is going. Yeah, I see. That's funny. All right. Well, except she's not. She's allowing him to keep forty to $45,000 for his next car. And he's going to get something fun, finally, no after kidding. a decade. I well, love it. I love it. Gosh, I mean... Of all these cars, you've had the Lotus and Porsche experiences. Absolutely, yeah. You've had a lot of German cars. You've had a lot of great cars on your list. And I, I almost hesitate to suggest going classic. or Because the cars that you've owned, Haas, are the ones that many people haven't experienced that we mm, would say, mm. you know what? Go get that for the analog fun experience. Sure, yeah. You know, go treat yourself, you know, something that. You wouldn't ever otherwise own. You've done those cars. You've mm-hmm. had them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As of now, his used car choices, he says he's driven all of them, except for the Kia Stinger GT2 all-wheel drive, but he's looking at the AMG GLA 45, 2016 newer Audi S7, and a 2014 and newer Porsche Panamera, Panamera S4. He says, what do we think? He likes horsepower. Hmm. He likes all-wheel drive, but not because of weather. He just prefers all-wheel drive. That's interesting. I, that's a twist for sure. Yeah. He says, we'll not be tracking at his age, by the way, Paul Newman. <clears throat> just, just saying, Haas. Agreed. Totally agree. Age is a number. His wife is against used German sports cars. I wonder why, based on your history. But he's had a ton of them. He has. I, I actually he wonder has. if there was one of those, like, we have to talk moments 10 years ago, where all of these cars had happened. <laughs> And it was a, we have to mm. talk. These cars are draining us. We have kids now. We need things that Could are reliable. Be. And as a result, he's owned two cars in the last 10 years, and they were the Sonata and a Kia Optima Hybrid. There's That's like an a, interesting point. There's like a cram on the brakes, full stop that happened the here The bleeding stopped yes, a decade exactly. ago. Exactly. We're going to bleed again, but the bleeding stopped. That's why she's taking all the mm-hmm. inheritance money yeah. and only metering out just a little bit for 40 you. 45000 not. We're going to buy a McLaren. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Just actually not bad. Yeah, all good. Yeah. I'm going to ask the Minister of Finance for a touch, just a little bit more, mm-hmm. because I think you're into car experiences, and I think that's what you're asking for. Yeah, I agree. And by your words here, you're not going to be tracking, which is fine. And you just want something different based on your experiences here, but they, I, I'm saying they're good, Haas. Very. But they're almost like the usual suspects of things to get next. They're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But they're not wild card different. Wow, I never, I never thought. And you could throw out my suggestion altogether. Mm. I had a list of cars. I deleted it, and I went with the wild card only. Oh, look at you. I like this. Because, again, you want experience. Mm -hmm. And this is going to be totally different. And I don't know what you think of them. (laughs) Half the planet thinks 
that's not a Mustang. The other oh. half thinks, hey, that's something new and different and cool. Look at you. How about a Mach-E, Haas? Wow. How about a Mustang Mach-E? I did not expect that. I started looking at Atlanta area dealerships. I found a rear-wheel drive one so far. I'm wondering, with that money, instead of plunking it all down, mm. just lease. Just a toe in the pool. Okay. Just sure. lease for a little bit, for if sure. you can. I don't know the yeah, terms, yeah. Who knows? Yeah. what various dealers are offering, and what yeah. Ford is offering with that with the Mach-E. But it's so different. Hmm. I'm not saying it's the best handling car. Of all of these, many of the cars you've owned handle and drive better. But I'm wondering if you like it for the different experience that it is, for the different look, Mm -hmm. for the new discoveries, for the surprise and delight, for the, well, I got to get something new and here's my thinking and I'll probably, I'll probably like all these and they'll be fine. But I don't know if you'll be excited. Mm. I don't know if you'll be like, wow, I'm just going to go look for an excuse to drive. Mm. And you're in Atlanta, so yeah, you've got cold weather, but it's not, you know, Utah, Colorado, it's Montana. Not brace yourself, where are the winter tires? Yeah, you know what I mean? It. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. And whether you get rear wheel drive or all wheel drive, mm-hmm. depending on what's available and depending on what you want, how much you want to pay, start by leasing. So again, you're not plunking all your money down; you're saving it. You're being responsible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just such a different experience. We just drove the Maki. It's going to be part of season nine, mm-hmm. and there's also a YouTube test drive video of the Maki. And we had mixed reactions, but I think both our headspace is just, this is different. This is interesting. Mm-hmm. It's technology. Well, look where Ford is going and look what they did. And well, that's clever. And well, I actually do like that. And yeah. I didn't expect that. And if you go in with an open mind, I'm saying Mustang Mach-E. That's fascinating. I did not expect that choice, but I see it. That's good. That's very good. I mean, I want you to, I want to tell you to wait for the Kia EV6. It's only okay. been announced at this point. Sure. That's sure. for 2022. But for right now, the Mach-E, in, in many ways, it's compelling. That's interesting. Okay. I like that, Haas. That's a good recommendation. I didn't expect Paul to go there. I have to talk about some of the ones you've brought up here real quick, Haas. First off, you don't clarify as to why all-wheel drive. You say you like it, but you've had a lot of stuff that was, I mean, come on, Lotus Esprit Turbo is a great example. You've had a lot of stuff that wasn't anywhere close to all-wheel drive. Right. And you've enjoyed all of that. So I, I've, I've got stuff on all sides of the thing, but you said AMG GLA 45. Yep. Yep. Excellent, it's very good. strong choice. Totally. That is a upgraded hot hatch. I think you would thoroughly enjoy that. You said that you like the S7. I like the S7 as well, but you should get a Panamera instead of an S7. Mm-hmm. It's just more Agreed. dynamic. It's more interesting to drive. Agreed. You've got the Stinger on your list. You haven't driven it. I'm going to say this to you. I think that if you're looking for a car for you to enjoy driving, which you are, Genesis G70 instead of the Stinger. The smaller platform is more yeah. fun. And yeah. get it in rear-wheel drive, you will enjoy it better, even though the Stinger is excellent as well. Brief question here um haas you said uh, no more tracking at your age yeah you're 60 you're just, 60 just getting started haas um why not go tracking i mean uh, look yeah. i'm not saying i'm not saying let's go do hardcore track days sure sure if you don't feel like you want to do it at the level you used to do it but where else are you going to f- experience the upper levels of any car you have i'm wondering if he means track. competition anything competition I'm wondering, related i'm wondering if he was sure. very competitive but right. let's just go right. to have fun track days like high performance driving days agreed I, to to the point this is why i bring it up Haas, because you have a history of tracking your cars <clears throat> i have to say this slowly so i can actually get it out my father that's right my father has asked to go to a track day in his Corvette. 
This open-mindedness is astounding. It's I, great. I uh, I'm still. You can tell. I am processing this information currently as I say it. But my point is questions that Todd has never been asked. Seriously, by his dad. My point is he's mid seventies. He's been on a track one other day in his life. 15 years ago almost when he went with me to a track day and got in a few things that we oh, had right. as press, press days. That's right. It was at least, it was more than a decade ago. And he was wholly unprepared for the experience, but he didn't drive. Now he would like to drive his Corvette on track. He's going to be the slowest guy out there, but I applaud him for having the interest. Totally. My point is, totally. this is a completely new experience for him. You have background in it. I'm saying, why not keep going to the track, but don't look, use it as a competitive experience. Use it as a, I want to enjoy my car experience. Road Atlanta, why not? So I'm putting yeah. it out there. I'm just saying. Well, he knows the track, too. Haas already has Absolutely. experience, and he knows the track. You're 60. Let's go get on track. I'm just putting that out there. I was trying to find things that you have not owned and feel different than the things you've owned, but are dedicated sports cars for you. Sure, sure. Because I would like you to have a new dedicated sports car experience. I've got some wild cards that are elsewhere, but... I've got four real quick. Okay. You need to drive and take a serious look at the Miata RF. That's a good one. That is a timeless classic in its design. Get the upgraded power. And, but yeah, get a new one. But here's the, th- the other thing about it is we know that's going to run. That's I- true. I hear your wife being concerned about you buy a- another German car and what is it going to do? Mm-hmm. Buy the Miata and let it just run. Mm-hmm. Okay. You haven't considered a Corvette. <clears throat> Why not get a C7 Corvette? That's going to be much easier to maintain than any kind of German car you'd buy. Mm. Why not get a C7 Corvette? Have it complete. There's nothing on your list that is close to a C7 Corvette. So that's on there as well. Interesting. You haven't had a Cayman. You've had a first-gen Boxster. Yeah, Boxsters are great, but the new Caymans are So you haven't had a Cayman at all. I think it's worth looking at a Cayman. And then I have to say it. You need to drive the Supra. Oh, Go drive the Supra and surprise yourself. Get yourself a Toyota Supra in either version, the two liter or the or the big three liter. I mean, that's a. I think you'll thank us. Go drive that car because that's a car that I think you'd be very happy driving daily. And then if you want to track it, why not? So the mm. Supra is also on my list. Those are my four sports cars. I think you need to take a serious look at. I have two wild cards that are more into hatchbacks. Okay, you could look if you really want all wheel drive. You could look at the Ford Focus RS. Okay. That's a little monster, okay. though I yeah. think that the GLA is probably the better choice. I agree there. Yeah. If you want to yeah. really surprise yourself in the world of hot hatchbacks, go drive the Hyundai Veloster N. That's a scream. Also now coming in DCT, but drive yeah. the Veloster N and go, where did this car come from? So that's where I'm at, Haas. As Todd is talking, Haas, I'm, I'm formulating a different financial plan all of a sudden. <laughs> I have a new thought. This is newly formed. And that is my desire and way for you to get more of that inheritance money. <clears throat> hey, honey. <clears throat> if you honey. were to show yourself being responsible. <laughs> can't be trusted. Haas can't be trusted. But now See, he's going to show it. I you've love had it. the Sonata and the Optima, which you've, you've got a good track record going there for mm-hmm. a decade. Yeah. And the next thing you get were maybe just some sort of the next SUV that was just a sensible choice. (laughs) Okay. And then maybe by doing that, that would earn you another point to get more of that inheritance money to go spend on something crazy again. (laughs) 
I'm ha- responsible. Haas's, Haas's wife is listening right now, shaking well, yeah, her head. I she know, is shaking her head at this and just, saying, we, this is how this works. How can we get two out of this? Because you said inheritance money. We don't know how much it is. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But, hmm, how can you get more out of the More she's, of the pie. She's currently shaking her head. I can almost feel it Something sensible. Yeah. You know, just sensible, boring, like, wow, good job. Yay. What a fine color your Prius is in. What a fine looking <laughs> color. A, we have a bright blue <laughs> Prius in the drive right now. And all I can think of is at least they sent us a color. <laughs> what a fine Prius that is. It is bright. It's a fantastic what's color. what's that sticking out of the car cover over there? What is that hotness over there? Yeah, there you go. Hmm. Haas, you've got some homework? Let us know what you get. If you've got your own debate, write to us, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com. You can also find us on the website at everydaydriver.com mm-hmm. where you can find all the updated information about the upcoming Utah meetup later in 2021. That's going to be uh, stood up here in just a yep, little bit. We're going to have that info on and, very soon. Uh, like our Texas meetup happening in just under a week here now. And uh, what else? Merchandise. The two YouTube channels under the YouTube You want to find there. our feature films, all the places those are playing. Yep. You, can get, you can get everywhere from there stuff, for sure. So. Write to us. Looking forward to hearing from you. Great questions have come through, as always. Thank you guys for burying us in awesome questions. That, that Often I'll read a question and be like, I need a minute. That's a really cool one. i got to think about this. But I have to start here with Rocco, who wrote in on Facebook, from the tiny island of Malta. This is fantastic. Rocco, he thanks said, for writing. It's very cool. He said he and his fiance are going to visit the U.S. They want to know where to visit for great driving roads and what car to rent. And he's concerned about renting something like I have my Lotus on DriveShare, renting something from a private individual over a period of time. He, so it sounds like you want to rent something from an actual company that has a rental fleet. Mm-hmm. Now, be advised, here we are in 2021, and some rental fleets are wiped out, and it's hard to find rental cars. But right. I would say to you, you need to go to L.A., and then you need to drive out of L.A. That's Agreed. where the good sure. driving roads are. Yeah. Go, yeah. go essentially north of Los Angeles. You can go north. Uh, west along the coast, you can go no- northeast to the Sierra Nevada mountains. You can watch our mid of mountains piece for the Sierra Nevadas. You can watch any of our Pacific Coast Highway pieces for what happens when you go northwest. Mm-hmm. You can rent just about anything you can imagine from a rental car agency in Los Angeles, which is why I'm saying that. And then you can go out to some of the best roads in the world. It's a great point. I like that. There's a question on here from Nora Noah Borless 3 said, I predicted the Mustang Mach-E in episode 162, and apparently I said the Mustang would stop being a Mustang if they made it four doors and electric. Didn't stop being a, being a Mustang. I mean, we're debating whether or not it we're is. We're still debating in, that. In name, yeah. And wow, here it is. Noah, I am taking a small mulligan on that by virtue that the Mustang always represented progress. Okay. It's a small mulligan. Okay. And by virtue of the new Mach-E representing again progress, that's why we can call it a Mustang. I I can't. But the guy with the donut in Colorado who walked by and spit some crumbs out, that's not a Mustang. He wasn't happy. I think he speaks for a a lot of us. He wasn't happy. Chris Chris wrote in on uh, Facebook and said his dad... Just bought a 2002 Ferrari Red 360. He's incredibly proud of him, but he's also a little embarrassed when he pulls up outside his house. Chris, why are you embarrassed? I, no shame on that one. I think that's fantastic. Your dad bought a Ferrari? I, I think, you know what? Hug your dad for me. Okay? That's awesome. <laughs> I, I think that's cool. I'm glad that you're proud of him, too. I, I think that's great. 
So dad pulls up in a Ferrari. I think I, I think that's wonderful. Look, I, if you had said to me, I want to buy a Ferrari, but the neighborhood I'm in that looks really inappropriate, should I be embarrassed about it? I might unpack this further. But if you have a Ferrari that visits you, that's the best of all worlds. You know somebody with a Ferrari, and then you don't have to explain to the neighbors, yeah, I got a Ferrari, if that's an issue. So I think I think you're perfectly fine, Chris. I think it's great. I, I like that, as a matter of fact. And of all the newer Ferraris, I think that's still got a bit of old school vibe and flavor to it. Like driver's car, driver focused car. The 360s not just, age well. I bought a Ferrari just to show off and you know be flashing, that kind of thing. It's eye-catching enough, but then the enthusiasts say, oh, you're a driver. Oh, mm-hmm. you're going to take that out. That's I, cool. I think that's one of the last ones that really still does that. The 430 does that for me as well, but... Almost anything newer than that is just sort of like you bought it because you're a YouTuber and an Instagrammer and I don't care. I don't care. Started an Instagram account, then you bought a Ferrari. Yes. Bradley J. 1983 asks, what's the typical lead time for a new vehicle model from concept to manufacturing? The real deal. It depends on reuse of platform. And as you know, platform sharing is a plague among car companies and, and becoming ever more so that way. Cost savings. Cost savings for sure, but for a brand new ground up, you'd be shocked. It's about 18 months at this point. Mm. That's pretty darn fast. Yeah, it, it used to be about three years, but 18 months, and that's because of additive manufacturing, industrial manufacturing, or uh, yeah, in additive manufacturing, mm-hmm. and also visualization, doing design work all digitally and doing visualization digitally, which has really sped up the design process just by virtue of the teams being located around the world and executives being able to look at designs sooner and do approvals and make changes sooner than otherwise they were, uh, they were used to. So manufacturing processes and the digitization of the workflows has dramatically improved that. Nathaniel Goals asks a question here that I'm just going to put it out there. 30 years from now, someone's going to write me an email 30 years from now. And they're going to say, you said this, I just know it's going to happen. We probably won't be doing this podcast anymore. I doubt you'll be listening to decrepit me doing a podcast in 30 years. But here's the question. You're listening to the car talk, guys. There there you go. He (laughs) says, it's the year 2050. What percentage do we predict of cars will be electric versus gasoline? And what restrictions do we think there will be on the internal combustion engine? Now, if you look around the world, if you like Google this idea, many Cities or counties or countries are doing restrictions on internal combustion engine cars being sold there after summer 2030, summer 2035, summer 2040. Much of this is very political. And so as people go in and out of office in those countries, I'm sure those dates are going to move and change. But the threat of this is moving the market. I mean, come on, F-150 Lightning. It's moving the market toward electric very quickly. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The infrastructure is not there to support a massive percentage of the market, which means that's going to have to change. Now, you're talking about 30 years from now. My guess is still 50-50. Well, let me put it another way. I don't think that 50% of the market necessarily will still be gasoline, but I don't think more than 50% will be electric. I don't think the infrastructure or the the materials to make the batteries are going to support more than 50% of the market. Plus, if you don't start selling any more internal combustion cars in the year 2035, it doesn't mean that all the ones that burn gas suddenly vanished. Poof. 
mm-hmm. into nothingness. Yes. They're still nice. going to be around. So how many gas cars are on the road? I don't know, but I'll be very surprised if it's more than 50% of the market electric by 2050. I do think there will be restrictions on cars that burn gasoline in major city areas. I bet you most cities in the globe, large cities now, will not allow a gasoline-burning car through traffic. But in the outskirts, on your road trips, on your back roads, I doubt that will exist. You know, I always think in terms of the auction houses and the value of those kinds of cars going up and up and up. And I don't see it going down at any time or any time in the future. I, I think it will only continue to skyrocket. And the cars we think are, nah, nothing now are going to be, what? I'm the, sorry? Coming across the block now is a 2035 Toyota Corolla. This was the last Toyota Corolla sold with a gasoline motor. It actually comes with a CVT. Can yeah. I start the bidding at 200 grand, please? Exactly right. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm horrified. I hate to make predictions like it that. Comes but... in a lovely comes in a lovely asphalt gray. <laughs> the seats are cloth. Can I see 250? Exactly. Who will give me 300? It's no money. Christopher Lukey says, hey, Paul, if by some very bizarre series of events, I had never discovered Porsche, that sounds really bizarre. That is a bizarre world, yes. <laughs> what do you think I would be driving today? Mm. Thought about this. I like the question a lot. I've gone round and round, but if I'm honest with myself, probably BMW, mm. if I'm honest. Okay. There's other, maybe other more outlying kinds of manufacturers i would i would love to say you know there's mclaren there's there's a few others mm-hmm. but if i'm fully honest with myself maybe mercedes but probably bmw alberti writes in on instagram and says are we planning to do more live debates he said he really likes those the, this is clarified actually that what he means by that is when we actually call someone and debate their their car debate live mm-hmm. it's become uh a little bit harder to do that, and so we've kind of swapped that idea for having guests is kind of what we've done just because it's just scheduling difficult. And also, this is no commentary on the people that have done it because people have done it actually did a really good job, but different people have different levels of comfort on the phone when they're, when they're being recorded. And most of the people we have as guests are already prepared for that. Right. And so right. It's, it's a little bit of a gamble in that regard as well. I don't know that we'll do that again. However, something we are talking about, that I first read this question and thought this, we've talked about doing more shows that are simultaneously live-streamed. What we're debating, and you tell us by email, everydaydrivertv at gmail, let us know your thoughts on this. We're considering all of our four times a year all questions podcasts making all of those YouTube live streamed. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, when yeah. we, cause we do them at 25 and 50, 75, and then all the, obviously the hundred blocks making all of those simultaneous YouTube live streams. So that's in process. Mibster 9001 writes to us from the land of the Nokian Hecapolita. It's just fun to say, isn't it? It really is. It's really fun. If you add some symbols and numbers on either end, it's your new password. What kind of share of our podcast audience is from Europe? Mm. says, thanks for a great show. Coming up on episode 531 there. Found around episode 500. Listened to to a few and went back to the beginning. Wow. Mick, thank you so much for for listening and joining us. We get 83% of our listenership in the United States and then various countries around the world. It kind of varies. It's all over the world. That's what's crazy. But it is worldwide. It's genuinely worldwide. And and to be honest, some of the countries have floored us. Mm -hmm. We love hearing from other companies, countries, companies where you are listening. Mm -hmm. Netherlands is up there, Australia, Canada, Germany, England, but uh, yeah, Denmark is up there. I mean, I've seen yeah. Japan on the list, and it just kind of fluctuates with people's listening habits. Of course, it does. Yeah, kind of you know goes up and down. But uh, yeah, only eighty three percent is U.S. Interestingly, a lot of Asia listens. A lot of uh, well, the island of Malta is listening. So that's Malta cool is as well. Listening They're too. all over the place. Thank it's you great. guys, and thank you for writing. 
Peter Renslow. Hey, man. He's writing and he's saying, suspensions have adaptive dampers that can change automatically or with the drive modes. Since they have that, can we please go back to hydraulic steering racks? But <laughs> That's make more of a those, please. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but make those hydraulic pistons adjustable like suspension. Um, okay, Peter, there's a separate thing going on here. And I don't know if you've thought about this. First off, we're not going back. I, I wish we were. We're not going back. The hydraulic steering is now gone. Never shall it return. And I'll come back to why in a second. But one of the first reasons they did it is they were looking for gas mileage. Mm-hmm. And they got yeah. a mile or two of extra gas mileage, which honestly I don't think is worth the trade-off. But that's the first reason that happened. But there's a second thing going on. Notice that they've taken your throttle pedal. It's no longer connected to anything. They've taken right. your steering rack. It now has electronic steering assistance. And uh, they, in some cars, are already taking your braking, which is also now brake by wire. The reason this is happening is because they can tie it into the computer of the car because in various markets, they have more and more safety regulations that are the, the driver's not paying attention safety regulations or the car is supposed to be autonomous at some point. If you have analog systems, and I'll include hydraulic steering in that, or even an actual connected brake pedal, crazy thing, I know, then it's harder for the system to control it. But if it's ones and zeros, then the system can step in and literally take the wheel or literally hit the brakes. So the fact that all these have gone to digital assist, this is actually the thing going on behind the scenes and the reason it won't go back. And the reason things like the Lotus Elise won't exist again is because there's going to be safety regulations in some countries that require that intervention by the computer so you can't have no assist or hydraulic assist. That's the real reason it's gone. That's a very big one. You're right. And the other is engineering complexity and cost. Think about cars from a cost-to-build perspective. Car companies and logistics people want to be able to assemble the car like Legos. From a supplier, they get a module. That module plugs into this larger thing, which goes onto the car <laughs> so right. immediately. Uh-huh. Four bolts, boom, it's done. Zit, zit, zit. Okay. Seriously. I'm done. The Tesla Model 3. I remember Tesla wanting to build that car in seven sections. Mm-hmm. Including chassis, doors, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. glass, instrument panels, seats, seven sections and broken down on the assembly line into man, modules. Oh so think of everything electronic. That is now a module that just plugs into the wiring harness. Yes, it does. Boom. Absolutely does. Imagine back in the day, your accelerator pedal. Well, whether it's a linkage or a cable, you're paying somebody to get up under there and screw a little tiny nut and bolt on the end and mm-hmm. thread that cable around and loop over that and down and connect it to here and take their time and make sure the tension's fuss right. with it yep. and yep. you know slow fuss and human intervention and fussy <laughs> fussness and yes, fussy fuss. Finally, it's working okay and tweak a little there and to they want it out right yep. now. You're right. This is That's not hand built. This is not. Eh, just sweeten it up a little bit. Let's mm-hmm. try that. No, the cars need to get shot out of the end of the factory. <laughs> An F-150 under a minute. Every F-150 is like yes. less than a minute. So think of it from a logistics and put it together perspective. Mm, that's, that's what all of us car enthusiasts are up against. So if companies can solve that or give us something out of that equation that's still fun to drive, bring it. Kudos. Noah Borlas 3 has been asking this question for a while. So, Noah, I'm here. Track Daily Crush. Is this the minivans? This is the minivans. Good. I'm glad you got to it. Toyota Sienna, Honda Odyssey, or Kia Carnival. Track Daily Crush. Well, (laughs) let's be honest. They're minivans, so the answer is kind of none of the above. However, for tracking, for tracking. However, uh, you can spend your money on tires and suspension. We know people that have done it. You can make your minivan handle. You can do that. I think in the current crop, 
<laughs> I think I would actually daily the Kia Carnival. Mm. Carnival. That'll be that joke will make sense later. <laughs> you got to do that. Uh, yeah, I know. It, it, trust me, that joke will make sense later. So the, I think that would I would actually daily that. I think I would probably track the Odyssey and just by process of elimination because I actually think it's great. I would crush the Toyota Sienna, but I don't think it's at its best on a track. I think the Honda Odyssey feels kind of like your okay. Let's take an Odyssey and let's make it into a track car. It's just something about the way that mm-hmm. feels, the way the engine responds. I just feel like, okay, that the, the CN is a hybrid now, and it comes in all-wheel drive, and it's, it's being a very different thing. If we can take that Honda VAC and somehow figure out how to suck that thing to the track with the VAC. There you go. Now we're interested. I, I see that. We, we're reusing all the stuff on the car we to could benefit turn, from track time. Turn the Honda VAC somehow into a strange turbo system that's blowing more air into the engine. <laughs> That or sucking it down like that chaparral car. Totally that's and, funny. I like that. That's hmm. good. Now we're now that gets interesting. Robert M asks, "How does the Genesis GV80 compare to the Kia Telluride and Sereno? The hmm. G, just the single G, refers to sedans. The GV refers to all the SUVs from Genesis in the future. The V is for versatile. Yeah, I great. didn't make that up. That's what they're telling us." <laughs> They have a 2015 Sorento LX, 124,000 miles. They love it. Just looking to upgrade the wife's car, and they will drive the 2015, or he will drive the 2015. The GV80 is spectacular. It's really good. It's very, very good for the price. The one we just had is 66,450, 475, something like that. For what you're getting, the amount of tech and features in Mm. it truly is mind-warping. When you lay it against anything AMG from Mercedes, the, the tech all the way down. Now, there are things that separate the, the Mercedes in terms of power and handling. Certainly, and that's yeah. why you buy the AMG and pay for it. Did he, did he ask Telluride and Palisade? But he well? asked Telluride and Sorento. Oh, interesting. Okay, all right. So it's my understanding that the GV80 is on a more rear-wheel, rear-wheel drive-based truck platform than more of a front-wheel drive Kia Telluride, Kia Sorento kind mm, of that's, platform. I would agree with that, yeah. And so it does give you that different handling. Just the, the architecture alone makes the difference right there. Now, the GV80 is all-wheel drive, and it's got the sport mode. And mm, the the review is coming. I don't want to reveal everything, but the GV80 is so impressive that I highly recommend that you at least get into it and drive it. And it is a different driving experience. It's not just yeah. a Kia Telluride with luxury. It isn't. It's I a different driving I experience. I would also say to you, in direct comparison, though, what are you needing? If you're needing space, Telluride wins. The GV80 sure. does Sure. Honestly, the GV80 is getting killed on space. The Telluride is excellent. It's good to drive. The space is superb. It is a full-on usable yeah. seven-seater with surprising space. The GV80 is a five-seater. You can get seven, but not really, which is kind of the same category as the Sorento, where the mm-hmm. Sorento, they actually refer to it as a five plus two if you watch our test drive. So it the back seats are not great. They aren't great on the Sorento, and they aren't great on the GV80, whereas they are, that third row is very usable in the Telluride. So that's a big consideration, depending upon what you need. I would also say, let's be honest, the GV80 is aiming to be a luxury SUV. Very if much If you are so. shopping for, I have little kids and they are sticky, don't get a GV80. I'm serious. What do you mean, and? Well, yes. They're, they're, what do you they're, mean, and? They're sticky again is really how that goes, yeah. Damn it, Patton says, given the Genesis pictured, how long does it take a car manufacturer to establish its own unique styling? He feels Genesis is finally willing to start to, starting to carve out a niche for themselves instead of their usual move of cribbing styling cues from the Germans. Well, that's how Lexus and Infinity kind of started. It and worked for them, yeah. Well, at least branched Lexus. out. I yeah. don't know how that's working for Infinity, but we're Separate talking about problem. Genesis. <laughs> <laughs> it, 
it takes a while because this is designed by committee. Mm-hmm. It it's nice that the media portrays it as this sketch is the inspiration, and it was just one person. No, mm. it's actually like 200 people mm-hmm. or more. There were meetings. There, there were meetings. <laughs> there were all kinds of fussy and arguments and Monday morning meetings about that line needs to be two millimeters higher or two millimeters out or that surface is a little bit too much weight in that surface. We need to thin that out. Did you get my email? I sent you an email. Did you get my email? Yeah. There was a lot of that. There's a lot of discussion, a lot of looking, a lot of consulting internally with marketing because they're the people that have to actually sell this and say, well, whatever the copy that well, that and then you get write. the angry knock on the door from the engineer who goes, "I can't do this." Well, that happens on a daily basis, oh, exactly. That, yeah, notwithstanding, but it takes a while to satisfy everybody and to establish. Now, it, mm-hmm. it is the vice president of design's responsibility to establish that theme and let the design team flesh that out. To establish, here's the direction based on the company ethos, where we're going, and then let the design team flesh that out and then really grill them as to why they think that's the appropriate solution. And then if this is the you know consensus, this is the design direction mm-hmm. decided, that's why they're being paid the high dollars to make that decision, mm-hmm. BMW. <clears throat> <laughs> Suddenly we had teeth. How did that happen? Shouldn't they get like a deduction on their paycheck if it doesn't do as well? Couldn't we like pay them less if it... Wow. Look at you, you're anyway, on a merit system over there. That'd yeah. be a crazy weird thing. Yeah. Anyway, so the point is it, it takes a while to evolve the lineup too. Mm. And to Genesis's Genesis's ultimate That's fun to say. Yeah. benefit, they stepped away, stopped producing cars, mm-hmm. stopped selling cars under the Genesis name, and rethought who they are and what they stand for. And you notice they weren't around for a few years. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think three, maybe four years. It took a long time to reestablish. Mm-hmm. Here's what we want the new brand to say. Here's how we're setting ourselves up for the future. And that twin uh, horizontal line defining the LED headlights and taillights. Yeah. That is now the Genesis signature. Now, and I think it should be three, but you know, they didn't call me. So, <laughs> they didn't call you. but you know what you could do? You could fix that while you're at it. But it is one of those things where it was funny to watch. Hyundai slowly add Genesis related cars and then somebody just like full stopped it. Yeah. And then they went, let's make this a brand. Let's do a real launch. It's very interesting. And the brands have to be comfortable not selling cars and not making money Mm. to build something. Yeah. And then once they've established it, then they're behind it. Then they know who they are. And then Mm. boom, here it is. Sometimes that's successful in the case of Genesis. It is. Yeah. In other cases, Mm. it's, a relaunch happened and ooh, what happened but there? Then, <laughs> How did we get beaver teeth? I'm sorry. I had to the go predator there again. Yeah. The yes. predator maw evolved from yes. a, wow. Okay. That's I guess choice. we're used to it. And wow. Is that now an aggressive it also, Marvel film? It also depends on the car. That's what I find fascinating about yes, the Lexus predator maw is that you get things like the LC 500 and it's awesome. You get things like the NX SUV, and it's like, what happened there? Or the, or the big one, the 570. Yes. That no, doesn't work on that big That's not supposed shape. to be on there. <laughs> oh, man. Thank you so much for all your questions, as we always do. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you asking on Mondays and Thursdays. We're looking forward to a great Season 9, and uh, Fun Texas Meetup is uh, upon us already. So we're looking forward to seeing you all of you there. And uh, watch everydaydriver.com for more information on future meetups like the Utah Meetup later in 2021. Guys, really appreciate it. Cheers, everyone. (laughs) 